Okay, thank you very much, uh, Rev. Orleon. I, uh, I have to say the listening is mutual. I very often listen to your shirim as well, and have enjoyed them very much. Um, I'm going to actually attempt to do this without sharing the Makaros, because it's going to be very hard for you guys to be reading these Makaros anyway in rapid uh, sequence. There are a lot of Makaros, but uh, I'm going to try to um, organize it in a way that it's not necessary. But what I would encourage is uh, interaction in terms of questions and uh, issues that if somebody wants to raise them, I, I'm actually very open to that. We have uh, these two sessions of Baruch Hashem, but again, it doesn't really cover everything there is. I gave uh, Hilchos of Rafua in Einstein over three to four years and at least a year or more on Shabbos. And we're going to try to condense that into these two. So um, having mentioned that, I want to I introduce what we're going to be doing by way of a, an experience I had at Einstein. When... Uh, I first started giving shir there, there was an incredibly enthusiastic group. The guys were as excited about learning as, as guys going for smicha. No, nothing, no, no offense. It was, some of them actually had smicha and uh, were then decided to go into medicine. Not that I'm encouraging anyone to make that move, but um, very, very uh, motivated to learn. And at first I was just doing a lachlamaisa. Then they insisted, no, we need Ion, we need Makaros. We need uh, more. So, you know, I was able to give them up to two days a week and a very excited, you know, always interactive group. One day I come in and it was like mass depression. I had no idea what happened, but it was the most vivid change of affect uh, that I that I really had to ask what was going on. And what turned out to be was that around that time, I I can't call him Rav, but Dr. Avram Sofer Avram. The, reason I, the only reason I can't call him Rav is he insists on not being called a Rav, even though he's the, one of the biggest Tamidei Chachamim you'll ever meet. He's the author of Nishmas Avraham, that entire encyclopedic work on Allah of Rafua. Tremendous Tamid Chacham with e- total access to Gedola Yisrael, Rav, you know, Rav Yashav, Rav Shlomo All of these were his uh, go-to people, Rav Waldenberg, all the time. And he and and big excitement. He was coming to New York, and everybody was like debating and and arguing who would be the one to get to pick him up at the airport. And it was tremendous excitement. And then um, what had happened was the day before that day of depression, he had come, and and they brought him in. And there's one thing I know about Avram Sofer Avram is that he feels very very strongly that a person who decides to go into medicine has to realize. Torah halacha first, medicine second. And what, what that means is he, he basically discourages to some degree people from going into medicine because of the challenge of it. The halacha challenges that arise for doctors are really the type that you don't have halacha lamaisa in almost any other profession. Where else are you going to talk about the, the hierarchy of heterim for writing? Where else are you going to talk about constant uh, types of travel the, the, that are in certain situations going to be mutter and all sorts of electricity issues and many, many types of issues just staying within Shabbos, let alone outside of Shabbos and all the other things that doctors have to deal with. So one of Avram Sofer Avram's uh, sort of pet peeves 
was he felt that doctors tend to get lax. They tend to view halacha in a sort of very uh, watered down fashion. They, there's famous jokes about, you know, a bunch of guys in Einstein getting together Friday night for the Shabbos and the, the, the lights went out. Don't worry, he's a doctor, he'll turn it on. You know, all sorts of uh, funny stories like that. But he took it very seriously, Avram Sofram. So he gave them a schmooze that was very harif. And it kind of de- demoralized their excitement a little. And then Rav Shechter Shlita came out right around the same time with a Torah web article where he kind of gave that same message. And then they started looking around and they saw two chuvas from Rav Moshe Feinstein, where I'll, I'll just give you an example of the type of thing Rav Moshe said. He said, uh, the Shiloh was, can a Cohen become a doctor? So on that particular issue, Rav Moshe feels very opposed to it. So he said, even if there were no other doctors in the world, right, Rav Schwab had written the letter, the Shiloh to Rav Moshe and asked him, what if he's, he's saying, he should be allowed to become a doctor and participate in an anatomy lab and, and, uh, and, be in, and not worry about uh, the Isser of, of being Matami Lemais. And Rav Moshe writes a very, almost uncharacteristically strong tshuva that, even if there was any, no doctors left in the world, there's no chiyah for you to do it. And, you know, the primary thing is you should become involved in learning, you know, very much a, a total package where everybody was upset. Now, this is really a hashkafic topic, and don't worry, it is not what we're going to be doing. Uh, and I, I spent that next week on the hashkaf of this issue. And there's a lot to be said. Anyone who wants to talk about it, or it's actually on YU Torah somewhere, uh, I focused on that. But one of the things that was being emphasized by Avraham, Sofer Avraham, Dr. Avraham, was Shabbos. And he said that you have to realize that when it comes to becoming a doctor, there are big issues. The, the, the big principal issues, is it mutter to become a doctor? Shomer Shabbos residency. What if I uh, have a, a, an opportunity to go home, but I know I'm going to have to go back? Should I stay in the hospital or can I go home? What if it's a shift? All these type of issues have very big, clawly type issues surrounding them. That's a problem. And then he said, Pshita, all the different pratim of Hilchel Shabbos that you have to get involved in, you have to realize what a tremendous challenge it is. So that kind of sort of split that uh, Avram Safra Avram presented is the way I want to organize what we're going to be doing. Today, I'm going to focus on those big issues, the principles, these are things that everything that we're going to talk about, by the way, are, is generated by Shilas that over the last 15 years, I have received from medical students, residents, doctors, and Rabbanim in discussing these issues. These are all real life issues that definitely come up. It's not uh, hypothetical issues. It's very Lemaisa issues. But today we're going to focus on, on very broad issues that are going to be important background, uh, aside from answering Shilas themselves, also will be important background for the pratim and the issues of day-to-day, moment-to-moment existence in a hospital on Shabbos working, from home working on Shabbos, and even non-doctor issues that relate to parents and patients. All of that also will benefit from doing it in this fashion. So today we're going to handle the big issues. And on uh, Thursday, Mr. Hashem, we're going to just focus on, on all the little details. Okay, so that's sort of a warning, anyone who has interest in one and not the other or something like that. But 
let's let's move ahead. I want to tell uh, by way of introduction of the first issue. First issue is actually is it mutter to become a doctor? And I'll tell you why that's not such a far fetched shiloh. Now we all know the answer is going to be it must be. I mean, the Rambam was a doctor, the Ramban was a doctor, right? Many famous people are doctors. Big big gedolim and bnei Torah that are doctors, but. Uh, it's not so pashit Lugabe Shabbos, and I'll explain by an experience I had with Rav Shechter Shlita. It's a true story because it happened to me, so I can verify the story. When I was um, applying for my uh, fellowship, I was I was able to do a Shomer Shabbos residency. I never contended with Shabbos until I went to that next level. Right? For those who are not familiar with it, when you when you finish medical school, so you graduate medical school, then you do a residency for three years where there are the most Shilas, you'll see lots of Shilas come up in people that are in residency. And then if you want to specialize, you have to do something called a fellowship. So there are no Shabbos fellowships. So I had decided I wanted to be a pediatric cardiologist, not a general pediatrician. So I went to my Rebbe at the time, was Rav Yonason Sachs, and I schmoozed it out with him. He didn't want to paskin for me. You know, it was, he was young then. And uh, he sent me right to Rav Shachter. He said, this is a Shabbos for Rav Shachter. What was my Shiloh? I said, um, I want to do this field. I want to become a pediatric cardiologist, but I cannot do it without training at a place where they will have me on, on Shabbos. Is it mutter for me to do it? So Rav Shechter had at that time not published yet uh, his svarim his that will elaborate on his answer to this Shiloh, but basically his answer was no, you cannot. And um, in, it, it has uh, at least 10 major points to it, the, the tshuva. But one of them was very basic. And one of them is what we're, where we're going to start, which is, are you allowed voluntarily to place yourself in a position where you're going to be using legitimate pikuach nefesh to be dochi surim? Is that something that's mutter? Um, even if it's not even definitive, right? You might be needing to be machal shabbos within the, ged, the gedarim of pikuach nefesh. Is that okay? And, and Rav Shechter f- feels, uh, no. And he has a whole bunch of reasons why not. And we're going we're gonna to touch upon them for sure now. But I just want to tell you the funny side of this whole thing. So, so I said, I, said I, I hope I wasn't chutzpahdik. I don't think I was. But I, I said to Rav Shechter at that time, I said, um, when he told me I couldn't do the residency, the fellowship, I said, but according to this argument, and it just shows my limited understanding because I, I don't think this is really true for Rav Shachter. But to my limited understanding back then, I said, well, I guess it means I can't become a doctor because ultimately, you know, the likelihood is as a doctor of any type, I'm going to be Shabbos, unless I somehow find some field where that doesn't happen. So uh, I'll never forget Rav Shachter's answer. And again, I, I don't think he meant it literally, but he said, I have a nice kolel. Why don't you come, uh, come join me? Come, come to the Kolo, you know, like give up uh, my present uh, aspiration and just come. So right at that moment, I think it was Shai Shechter, it was Rav, Rav Shechter, Jr., who came in, he must have been like four or five years old with a little doctor's kit. So I thought it was very funny and almost like Rav Shechter had set that up. But at the end of the day, this is a Shiloh that needs to be reckoned with. What exactly is the, the, the reply to this? How do people become doctors? Because are you really not allowed to put yourself in a position where you're going to be used? So you might think, you know, the natural tendency is to assume maybe it relates to the Hutra Dechuyah Shiloh. 
right? That's always a good starting point for any discussion of Hilchot Shabbos, and especially Pikuach Nevesh. Is Pikuach Nevesh on Shabbos Hutra or Duchun? So since we're a small group here to some degree, what do you say? What do you guys say? Is it Hutra or Duchun? Is there a Machos in the and the Rabbah? The Rabbah says Duchunia. Well, uh, it's interesting. It's yes, it's it's somewhat of a machlokis. I'm not sure that the machaber necessarily holds it's not tuchia. Also, rov rishonim. We'll just we'll come to the chase. Rov rishonim clearly holds it's tuchia, right? And um, the question really becomes, what's the impact of that? Who cares if it's tuchia? Why should it matter if it's tuchia? So classically, we all know yuma vava mudbeis. We all know uh, the nafkamina between hutch and tuchia normally is. Right? It's Bakoshi, you know, that you're going to be Doche Isurim. It means the Isur is still there. So you have to do everything you can to avoid it and not be Doche the Isur. If you find a way out of it, right? So if that were it and that were the end of the discussion, which in many in Yanim, that is the end of the discussion, but not here. Here it's clearly not. And many, many Achronim deal with the following. The one that uh, it, it's it's present in many Rishonim, but the Rambam is the most easy to to see the the paradox here. The Rambam in Perk Beis of Hilchos Shabbos, Halacha Aleph says, black and white. He uses the expression Duchuya he Shabbos, Eitzel Sakanas Lefashes Duchuya. He's clearly saying it's Duchuya. This is why the the Kesef Mishnah and the Beis Yosef and the Machaber might agree with that, but. It's not so passionate. We won't get into that whole, that's a real lumdash discussion, so I'm going to stay away for now. But what's interesting about this Rambam, Allah is in Allah Al, he calls it Tuchuya, but in Allah Gimel, he uses what's the famous psak of the Machaber in Yudbeis, in Shin Chav Ches Yudbeis, which is, Kesheosim Dvarim Ha'elu Ein Osin Osanan Lo Yedei Nochrim, Lo Yedei Ektanim, Lo Yedei Avadim, Lo Yedei Noshim. Well, if, if it's in the simple t- sense, it should be, we should be running after the Nachrim. What does this mean? How do you understand this paradox? So this is really what opens up the sugya. <coughs> Rav Moshe discusses it in several tshuvas. So in one tshuva, um, he asks this exact shayla, and he gives the following answer, which is going to be very helpful principle. Here's principle number one. That is going to be a backdrop for a lot of the things we're going to be discussing. It's, a, it's an in-depth understanding of the principle of pikuach nefesh and how it operates according to Rav Moshe Feinstein. So he says the following. He says, we all know that it's not just pikuach nefesh that's Zohar Shabbos, but every suffix pikuach nefesh is Zohar Shabbos as well. And every suffix katan is. So says Rav Moshe, enoch inami, it's tuchuya. However, any um, attempt to minimize an iser by like running after a nachri or even doing it pishinoi might be a delay that is costing somebody their life. And mitzad that, despite the fact that it's tuchuya, says the Rambam, you, you got to be worried about the suffix sakanastafashos. It's a broadening of this idea of pikoch nefesh that is going to be a very present in understanding some very difficult piskei halacha that we're going to get to. I'll just give you a preview. For example, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a tremendous kula, Lagabe coming home from a Hatzalah. Somebody goes, Pikuch Nefesh, runs in, can be over on the Rises. Now he takes care of everything, Baruch Hashem, patient's fine, he wants to go home. How does he get home? 
Is he allowed to go home? There's no there's no more matir. The matir is gone. There's no sakanas nefashas for him to go home. So we'll see. It's a whole machlok. It's a chronim. It's a whole interesting discussion, which we'll get to. But Moshe has this amazing shita that you could go home with the daraisa. You could be mechal shabbos daraisa. So what, first we have to get through the gemaras and how we where we derive that from. But what's also always bothered me is is in in terms of understanding the so. How is he doing it? So it's going to relate a little bit to this, according to some people, but we'll see. So this is a very important principle, number one. So Ramosha says that even though it's the Chuya, still we're going to be openly, very often, being Matir um, Isurim without trying to minimize. And somewhere we're going to balance in Akalakal Tchila, because that's also Halacha we have to contend with. But it's going to take a lot of finesse and it's going to take Dole Yisrael, really, to understand how we balance Hakalakal and this Yisod that we're talking about right now. In the meantime, that's going to be a lot of that's going to be for next week, for Thursday. But for now, Rav Moshe in another tshuva finds an Afgamina. Because you're wondering, once he said what he said, and really sky's the limit in terms of Sakhanas Tafashos, so in what sense is it the What does it mean that it's the What's a real nafgamina? So Moshe, in, in probably the most important tshuva on our inyanim, it's called Hanhagas Harofe B'Shabbos. It's in Arachayim Ayintas. There, Rav Moshe starts off by explaining, really, it's Kimat Hutra, even though it's Tachuya, right? It's Hutra Legamri. Again, it's very confusing, but that's what it is. But there's a nafgamina. He says, there's no nafgamina Legabe the Chola. But there's enough Lagabe the Rofe. And here's where things really get interesting. He says a Rofe has to do everything they possibly can to avoid being in a position where they're going to be Docha Isurim Mishum Nefesh. That's the Chal. In that sense, it's the Chuya. If it's Hutra, you wouldn't need to be running away all the time. But once we say it's the Chuya, says Ramosh, the Nafkamina is for the doctor. And the doctor has to be exceedingly vigilant about avoiding being on call, right? Now, to become a doctor is far enough removed. He never says that. And clearly, you know, his grandson was a doctor. Rav Tendler is his son-in-law. And, and he's, he has doctors are okay. He's not going to go that far that in order to protect uh, Shabbos, don't become a doctor. But he's saying, once you are a doctor, then you still have to make every effort not to be involved in Chilul Shabbos, even in the Makam Sakonos how do you do that? So he says, don't have your phone number listed. Try not to be on call, right? Do, you know, if you obviously do a Shomer Shabbos residency, not a non-Shomer Shabbos residency, v'chule v'chule. And uh, Rav Shechter quotes this, Rav Moshe, in his opening and in his approach to his entire sugya. And it's a starting point for one sheet. Now, what are the other nafkaminas are incredibly significant. The other nafkaminas are, for example, by a Yoledes. A Yoledes, and that's one that's in the Sefer Hasidim, and it's brought down in the Shulchan Aruch and in the Mishnah has to do everything she can to also avoid being Machal Shabbos, even B'makom Sakana. So what does that mean? Prepare everything, including that she should be able to walk and not have to drive to the hospital. That's the natural conclusion for this Shita, because if she's in her ninth month, perhaps that's what she should do. And in fact, when I when I was discussing this, I remember with Rav Shechter mentioned to me, yeah, yeah, 
his wife walked, you know, when she was in labor, you know, I, I hope it's okay for me to repeat this uh, story, but I remember, you know, um, I, I was taking Rav Shechter seriously from the beginning, but one of the things he told me is, like his wife walked to, when she was in labor, to Columbia from, I guess, the Heights, not such a bad walk. But uh, if I was in labor, I don't know if I'd be doing that. But uh, in order to, what other nafkaminas are there? So you should, this is already in Shemir Shabbat so which is very notable. And the reason that is, because we're going to see Rishol Bazalman, Orbach totally disagrees with this whole mahalach. We'll get to him in a second. Very important to be aware of Hashem Zalman. You'll see why. But from Rav Moshe alone, the halacha nafkaminas are, you absolutely have to prepare as a doctor for every eventuality of Sakhanas Nefeshus that can happen. So I remember when I was on call uh, in my fellowship, which I ended up doing, I, it's a long story how I got there, um, but I ended up getting to do it, obviously. And um, so I would prepare ahead of time everything I could conceive of, I would need the next day. And this for sure, even Rav Shlomo Zalman would be okay with, would, would agree to. He would be agreed to stress that a doctor, let's say, who's going to need bandages open that, that could be kept sterile and and labels on tubes. And Bismaneno, there's even more things. Now in the modern era, uh, I use, when I'm on call, sometimes I have to, I need my computer to read ultrasounds instead of driving to the hospital. I can now do it from the comfort of my own home, which is very beneficial for Shabbos, incidentally. But I have to plug it in and leave it on the whole time because there's definitely more Yisurim involved. And we'll talk about this on Thursday, turning on a computer than using a computer. Right. We'll have to understand why that is. But all these kind of things you have to try to understand ahead of time. Have your phone with all the possible numbers you'd ever call with an auto dial with one that you press one button instead of uh, multiple buttons. And you want to try to think of all these things. Whenever I talk to guys who are unfortunately not doing a Shabbos residency, right? Which of course is the preferred totally by the but let's say they're not, it's very hard nowadays. It's almost impossible. There are very few of them left. Um, but so I tell them, I said, all the, I go with a list of things that they should know about to prepare if they're on call to minimize the Isur. Perhaps the biggest nafkamina that comes up, the Shiloh that comes up all the time, is let's say you are on call and able to be home. And this is now true for attending doctors. Those are all the doctors that live in our neighborhoods that you know are already finished with their training and they're home. And this is a very frequent Shiloh from them and from also residents and fellows that are able to take call from home. Let's say they're there Friday and they know there's a patient who very likely is going to need them to come in. Are they allowed to go home? Are they allowed to go home knowing they're going to have to drive in? So if Moshe Feinstein Paskins, they have to stay in the hospital. They have to stay in the hospital. That's an incredible psaac. The reason I say it that way to you, it's like, of course you have to stay in the hospital. But a resident or a fellow may be on every other Shabbos, every other week. So this means that they're going to be in-house, away from their families. And Ramosha says, even if you're not going to get Kiddush and you're not going to get a Suda, you should do it, right? And they're going to be in the hospital. That's a very, very difficult psalm, right? For people to really adhere to. Now, um, we'll see that uh, Rishon Mazalman is not going to agree with you. And we have to understand on what basis. But that is Ramosha's psalm. 
Now, I, this brings me to a point that I'm going to now make that I think is very, very important. In order to really pass in these shilas, which you're, you know, if you become Rabbanim, you're going to be definitely having these shilas present themselves to you if you're in any neighborhood where there's any people involved in medicine. You need to realize that there's going to be a lot of the issues, machlokis, of the Gedola Yisrael, of contemporary posting. And you need to do shimush or aselachem rav and work out a shita for yourselves. Because like, I'm about to give you a classic example of how Rav Moshe Feinstein goes one way, Rav Shlomo Zaman another, Rav Shechter, let's say, will be on one side as well, and Rav Willig will be on another side. And you want to have for yourself a consistency, obviously, in how you're going to handle these shadows. And very early on, I, you know, I, I chose, uh, let's say, the person I was going to be asking my major shilas to, and I try to keep with them with consistency. But it's many of these shilas are going to be open, starting with this, because according to this, another issue aside from we mentioned yoledus, we mentioned preparations, we mentioned going home or not. What if you have a shift? A lot of people will be, let's say, working in an emergency room. So they certainly get to go home. Their shift is until Shabbos. But are they allowed to go home? Maybe they, sh- they know they're going to have to go in to do their shift. And it's a very similar Shiloh. So Rav, Rav, Rav Moshe would say you got to stay in the hospital even though you're not supposed to be there. Even though you're not supposed to be there. Another Shiloh. Let's say you're, you're home and on call and you, you uh, don't think there's going to be any need. Like, like myself. When I'm on call nowadays, Baruch Hashem, it's very rare. I think in five years, I've gone in once on a Shabbos, the last five years, especially now that we can do everything with computers and much of what I do, I could do without going in, driving in. So um, let's say I'm, I'm generally at home and I have no expectation of going in. So I stay at home. But now I, could, I get called in. So I go in and it's a uh, and I got to get there in a hurry. So I'll drive in, let's say. Now what do I do? So when we learn about returning from Atzala, so I'm going to be personally holding by the mainstream shita, which is you can go home via Amir Anachar. That's the most popular shita. Via Amir So I take a taxi home. All right, then I get called again. So what about the possibility I get called again? Did that allow me to bring my car back? No, Rav Moshe would say no. So you have to gamble a little and then take another car in. My record is three cars. I once, because again, I was not expecting to be called back and forth. Otherwise, I would have had to stay. But instead, I went home. I took a second car. I went home, and then I took my brother's car. Fortunately, he lived right next door to me. Three cars, you know, the big challenge was getting the cars back, Moti Shabbos. But Ad Kedekach, and the Shemir Shabbos Kedekach brings us down, Legabe, batteries. Let's say you use some kind of scope, which doctors use, let's say, to look at eyes, look at ears. and you now have, you've done your, your shimush of this instrument for the sakano, for the chola, and now you uh, have to decide, turn it off or use it again. So Shemir Shama says, well, you better have multiple batteries because there's no heter to turn it off. And that's based on the psaq also of Rav Moshe. But we'll see, Rav Shlomo Zaman felt differently about that, and Shemir Shama brings him in the footnote. What is Rav Shlomo Zaman's shita, and where does it come from? What does he say about the Makoros of Rav Moshe? Rav Moshe's shita is really based, it seems, largely on his understanding of the chuya. He understood the chuya to mean exactly uh, what we were saying. You must, if you can, the 
the perpetrator, the rofe, has to avoid Chilu Shabbos at all costs. Don't be in the position of being Mechal Shabbos b'makom sakam. Comes to Shlomo Zaman and he completely, I think, the Phineas Daiti, to my understanding of his, uh, his statements and chuvos on this issue, fundamentally disagrees with that. I've always wondered what exactly the Chuyah means to Shlomo Zaman. But for the moment, it's not what Rav Moshe says. Because he starts off, you know, the background to Rav Shlomo Zalman's Shita, and this is in Mincha Shlomo. I can give you Makaros uh, at some point if, if anyone wants. Everything we're talking about, I have all the Makaros I could just send in. Uh, and, and then you can have them in, in, in handouts. Um, so Rav Shlomo Zalman is... You, you, could, you could send them to me uh, after this year, and I'll send them to the boys so they could look oh, at it perfect. In, you know, in perfect. advance uh, for next year. Okay, great. So I should have done that already. <laughs> Sorry. Hashem um, Zaman had written his shita, which is in the following issue. Let's say you have a chola that needs the light on. And um, for Sakana Slavashis, Mamish needs the light. You need to know what's going on to be able to work with him. And there is a light, an incandescent light, let's call it a Daraisa, the Chuleyama light that you could turn on. Or you could go upstairs to the neighbor and wake him up, bimatriachim, and wake him up. He has a lit light, right, somehow, and a candle, whatever it was, and we could just bring it down. So it says Rosh Hashanah, don't bimatriach the person, don't wake him up, don't pay money, that's the other thing. You Once it's Nitan, Sakanis Lafashos, Lahatir, doing the malacha, do it. So that was the psaq that Shlomo Zaman had put out there. And there was a, a fantastic siddur called the Minchas Yerushalayim. It was uh, this 1,200, literally 1,200-page 1, small siddur, like this size, but it had 1,200 pages. Everything you want, in terms of tefillah, you know, of course, every possible tefillah issue or tefillah that exists was in there. Plus, you know, how to take Trubus and Masros, all the, all the Tulias Ba'aretz Halachos, and how to make an Erev, everything in the world. In there also was Hanhaga Sarofi Bishabas. So they they brought, it was the, the, the author of Shemir Shabbos put in the section, all the Piskei Alachav Roshom Ozaman, including this. And amended to it was the rebuttal. And the rebuttal was Repinchas Epstein, who was the, the head of the Eid Haredis, he was the post of the Eid Haredis, totally disagreed with this Psaq of Roshom Ozaman. How could you say that? The neighbor has a chi of Sakhanis Tafashos, just like we do. Wake him up. What are you doing? How could you be matir Chilo Shabbos and not just wake the guy up? So Shlomo Zaman wrote Tshuva's Simon Zayin in Mincha Shlomo, where he responded to the to Pinchas Epstein and, and others that had, had problems with his psaq. So he starts the Tshuva off as follows. He says that um, there is a din of of Tumas Ames Lagabekonim, but Ames Mitzvah uh, is matir for a mace mitzvah, a coin could be matame himself. Uh, what if the coin has uh, the possibility of paying somebody else to do it? Should he have to pay? Or can he still be matame the mace? So Shlomo Zalman says if you look at the Rishonim and the Sugya, it's Davra Pashut and the Psakalacha, that he could just be matame the mace and he doesn't have to um, pay somebody to do it. He doesn't have to be matriach anyone to do it. So that's his starting point for the discussion. He quotes a whole bunch of Rishonim and he says, why aren't they saying, why aren't they saying that uh, he should have to, you know, pay the money or 
get out of this somehow. Why? Because once it's mutter, right? And, and you know, you get into a hutcher here a little bit, but he's not even, Rav Shlomo Zalman doesn't bring it in. He just says, once there is this Indian gadol of Mes Mitzvah, so it's mutter for the Kohen, and he doesn't have to have any other things. Now, if it's a law lenu, a father and a son, where there's a chiyuv separate for the son to pay for the fura, then he would have to. But if it's a stranger, a mes mitzvah that he doesn't know, not related to, he certainly would not have to. And then he says, kavachomer by Shabbos. Kavachomer, that once you have the mitzvah rabba, and you got to understand, this is going to be the tone of Rav Shlomo Zaman throughout all of Hilchah Shabbos. It's such a chashava uh, inyan to Rav Shlomo Zalman, the, the, the mitzvah of Hatzalah, Hatzalah Sisrael. And therefore, he says, once you have that, then it's mutter There is no chiv on me to be mamtriach myself or pay money in the, the, in the setting of dichoy chilu Shabbos b'makam sakonos lepashos. So, how does that work? And what's what's its basis on, and and why should that be? So it's 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 a very fascinating thing. What what he says in the tshuva is it says v'chay b'hem. V'chay b'hem means b'taras v'adai, right? It's like Tosfos on the daf in Yuma when he's learning out suffix suffix suffix. So kind of is docha. It's very similar to what what Rav Moshe had said in his tshuva, but goes even further. And he says like this. He says. If you look, let's say, what's my chi of Hatzala in general? My chi of Hatzala based on, on Sanhedrin, Ayin Gimel, is I have a chi of Hatzala that I have to be matriach myself, right? That's why it says, it also says, why two psukim, right? Everyone's familiar with this Gemara. And, and, the, and the Gemara's conclusion is, why do I have two psukim to learn out Hatzala? Because the chi of Hatzala, one is, I have to go and do it. I have to be matriach myself, and I have to be willing to pay money. So it says Rishon Mazam, and yeah, you have to do that to save a life. But you don't have to do that to avoid being mechalo Shabbos b'makom pikuach nefesh. Once you're b'makom pikuach nefesh, that calls the day. And the nafkaminas will be obvious. Now he says it's a midas chasidus to be matriach yourself or to pay money to avoid it. You could do it. It's a midas chasidus. But meikar adin, absolutely not. Therefore, what are the nafkaminas? So all the things we spoke about in reverse. The Yoledes does not have to uh, be matriach herself to have to walk in when she's going into labor. She could just go home wherever she lives. She doesn't have to like get a place. Rav Moshe said, you know, a doctor, if there's no place in the hospital, he has to rent a house nearby. But Rav Shomel Zaman says, no, absolutely not. The doctor can go home. The doctor can come home despite the fact that tomorrow he might be called in and need Pikor Nevesh to be Dochi Surah. It's a very opposite psaq to Rav Moshe. And therefore, it's, it's one that's very important to know about. And all of you who might be poskening Shilas like this have to be aware of the fact that you need to uh, sort of find your comfort zone. I will tell you that it took me Bothering a certain post, like, I, I'm not going to mention any names now because I don't know if they want me to. When I when I, I used to ask for this Shaila, I did not. I was afraid to go against Rav Moshe, right? But I, I felt so bad. I had this resident who's calling me, telling me he would have to be away from his family every other Shabbos. 
Now, when I was doing my fellowship, I stayed in. Why did I stay in? I could have gone home, but I stayed in because I had a total of nine calls my first year and five my second. So 14 Shabbosos in two years, I, I thought was like, uh, I called Amidas Hasidus, but I, I felt like it was Magia that I should not be Mechal Shabbos. This guy's talking about 50, 50 in two years, every other Shabbos to be in. So I said to him, I said, I don't have the shoulders to pass in the Shabbos for you. I, I am telling you, call a certain posik, and I had no idea what that posik was going to say, right? And the posik used Rishomel's almond. It's a and it's a. I'll just say it's a YU posik. That much I'll say. And after that, the next few times I got the Shaila, I I I used the posik again, and consistently this posik gave that psak. So it, this is not this is not a fringe psak. Now you have to decide. Now I live in Eretz Yisrael. I feel very comfortable using Rishomel's almond. To be honest with you. And I've always used Rishon Zaman as my posse guy. I was, I grew up on Shemir Shabbos. There was no, you know, Shabbos Kehilchasa. And uh, that was always the, my go-to safer when I was, you know, your age, you guys. Uh, and um, so like Rishon Zaman was a natural fit for me. But this is something you need to resolve. If you really want to actually pass in these shilohs, you have to decide, are you going to follow the Mahalach of Rishon Zaman? Who's you going to follow? We'll get to Rav Shechter in a moment. Uh, are you going to follow Ramosha? The other the other cases were also nafkaminos, and again Lashitasam, Rav, uh, Rav Shlomo Zaman does not think I needed to uh, have multiple cars. He doesn't think that uh, if there was a decent chance that I would need the car again, I could take it home. He, he allows, and this is the Psak in Eretz Yisrael across the board. Anyone who works in Shari Tzedek Hospital. Uh, knows if they have a shift on Shabbos, they get to go home. They don't have to stay in. There's a Mira Lenachri to bring them in. And in particular, Shmir Shabbos is Mako with a Mira Lenachri in this Shiloh. So Ramosha would say no. Rav Zalman would say yes. And that, that needs to be resolved. Another major Nafkamina. Ramosha would say, say no. Naf- yeah. Ramosha would say no even for Amir Lenachri? So um, the, uh, it's interesting. The um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He doesn't address that particular issue. Um, the Amir al-Nakhri was thrown in by the Machmir. In Shemir Shabbos Kilchza, when they present the two shitas, not B'Shem Rav Moshe, but it could be that you, you can't go home. You have to be in. And it quotes Rav Moshe's tshuva for that. Then another line says Rav Shomel Zalman. And then another line says, oh, and of course, even the Machmir may be Mekel, so I can't say that, that I saw it in writing from Rav Moshe, but <clears throat> it could be that that would be a, a, a tzad that he would be making. What's important is the contemporary postgame that we would be asking the Shiloh to, uh, for sure might, for sure might see that as uh, an avenue. But I, as an a priori, I get the impression when you read the tshuva of Rav Moshe um, that he wants you, if you know you're coming back, you have to stay in. And he doesn't, in, in, in that discussion, he doesn't say, oh, unless you have a Miral and he doesn't suggest it. So that's why I, my inclination is to think he would be Machmir. But I don't know for sure. All right. What other Nafgamina, a very big one, and one that I faced many, many times in my fellowship, and that I deal with people asking me all the time, is now you always want, no matter who you hold, like you want to switch call and not be on Shabbos, right? 
Even Rav Shlomo Zalman would say better to do a Shomer Shabbos residency. We'll see. That's not 100% true. Um, because he doesn't want non-Jews taking care of Jews. It's Adif, if you know that there's a Jew in the hospital, he felt that it's important that a Jew should be there with him, taking care of him, even if it means being there on Shabbos. But let's say uh, you could switch call with a non-Jew, Pshita. Everybody says, switch with a non-Jew. You could do it, aside from this little caveat of Rav Zaman. It could be he's worried about Arabs. Maybe it would be different here in the United States. But Rav Moshe would certainly say switch. Absolutely switch your call. What about with a Jew who's not from? Can I switch call with a Jew who's not from? That is a very common Shiloh. There's still plenty of, the, of, of Jews that go into medicine. So there's a disproportionate number of Jews out there in the call schedules. And many, most of them not from, unfortunately. And uh, they're there for the pickings. Is it mutter to do this? So Machlokis, Rishon Mozaman and Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein says, great idea. Do it for sure. Number one, from Tut Stadim. Number one, you want to do whatever you can to avoid being on on Shabbos. <coughs> and number two, he thinks it's not a problem with Leif either to have this guy do it. In fact, he, Rav Moshe writes, you're doing him a favor. If he was home, he'd be Machal Shabbos for no reason. Darais is left and right. By having him on call, the makom sakana stafashos, even a chalushayim sakana, you're you're minimizing a little his chil shabbos. You're doing uh, him a big favor. So that, that's a whole topic unto itself. By the way, the lifnei iver angle on this. There's a famous mishnah melech, Rabbi the eger, a whole bunch of discussion. Uh, I refer you to an RJJ contemporary halachic journal article on it if you wanna you wanna see all the details. I I I got into the lifnei iver part in that article. Uh, but here I'm more interested in this other Nakuda. Comes along with Shomel Zalman and he says, absolutely do not switch with the non-from Jew. You're not to do that. For two reasons. Number one, it's a mitzvah gedola for you to do Hatzalas Nefashos, even on Shabbos. He sees, if you're doing it Kavana that you're doing Pekuch Nefesh, don't hold back. Right? Do it with gusto. And don't switch with the non-from Jew because A, they won't have kavana that they're doing it for pikuach nefesh, so it doesn't count. That's a whole part of the discussion in that article. And it's lifneiver, and he, very interesting suya. So I recommend the, the article. But for now, that's another nafkamina. Part of the nafkamina is their attitudes towards hatzalas nefeshos, b'makom pikuach nefesh, and chilul shabbos, just what it means, and uh, with that outcome. All right. So at, let's just recap where we are. This is taking too long, this little part. But it has, the, the important principles are coming out. Some of the nafkaminas are already coming out. Uh, Rav, Rav Moshe felt that since Shabbos is the chuya, we have to do everything we can to avoid being Mechal Shabbos, even b'makom, b'koch nefesh. And Rav Shlomo Zalman did not feel that that was the understanding of the chuya. Instead, it's a mitzvah rabbah and b'makom, b'koch nefesh. You're not required to being matriach yourself to avoid it. Um, and you should be proud of it, basically. Does this mean, though, at the end of the day, according to Ramosha Feinstein, who's the Posik uh, Gadol Ador for the United States of America, you, you basically, you can't be on call on Shabbos, that's it, you know, like, end game over, you have to do a Shabbos residency or just quit. So that's obviously not true, and it's not true for many reasons. Uh, 
you know, there are many articles and essays out about how Ramosha is dealing with being on on Shabbos and describing it. And he was, uh, there was a Shiler of Tendler uh, had asked him about, do I have to go for a Shomer Shabbos residency or can I do a much superior residency that's not Shomer Shabbos? And Rav Moshe is quoted as saying, you can do the not Shomer Shabbos, do the best possible training you can get, right? So everybody always quotes that part, but it's very dangerous because, of course, you can never be Machal Shabbos, Kineged Halacha, right? So you're, you could take the residency, but you got to be uh, Bucky and Hilcha Shabbos, your fool. Um, and that's the part that everyone has to realize. But Moshe was never Matir, just Stam doing a non-Shomer Shabbos residency, even though, unfortunately, he's quoted that way all the time in these little groups and hacks. So the truth is, though, he envisions that there can be such a thing. And does it mean that once I'm out of training and I'm a doctor, I can never be on Kolon Shabbos? I won't have too many jobs because, you know, there are such jobs and a person should try to get it. You should try to avoid ever being on a Shabbos, but it's very almost impossible in the United States to be part of a group and not have to take a turn unless you could do what people are try to do. They try to hire a token non-Jew, get him in there and let them do all the Shabbos and Yom Tovim, but that's not easy. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be on every Shabbos. They don't want to be on every Yom Tov. So practically speaking, from Jews need to be on call on Shabbos. So for a Moshe, that's an impossibility. So the answer is no. There is a possibility, and there is an avenue that under certain circumstances, even Rav Moshe will allow it. What's the avenue? Very, very fascinating sugya. It's worth hearing the background. The sugya is, it's in the Dharam, right? There is a, a Mishnah that, that, of course, we're all familiar with. That person is Moder Hana from his Chavit, right? I say, I can, I'm not going to get Ruvain, he's not going to get Einar from Shimon. So what is he allowed to do for Shimon? So he's allowed to do mitzvahs. So Hashavah Zavedah, yeah, you can do Hashavah Zavedah. As long as you're not paid for it, right? Hashavah Zavedah. What about Rafuah? So the Mishnah has a very cryptic statement. The Mishnah says, you can do Rafuah Sa Nefesh, but not Rafuah Mamun. What is that? The Gemara says, what is the, what's Rafuah Sa Nefesh, what's Rafuah Sa Mamun? Maskan of the Gemara is, Rafuah Sa Nefesh is doctoring, person. And Rafuah Sa Mamun means his behemoth, vet, veterinarian. <laughs> so I'm allowed to do the refuas hanefesh, but I'm not allowed to do the refuas habehemah. What's going on here exactly? What are these dichotomies? What's the what's the lumdus behind all this? So the Ran on the Daf in the Darim, um, I think it's like Mem Aleph, says that well, how come he can do a shavas He can do a shavas but he can't be merape his behemah. It must be that there's someone else to do it. There must be another veterinarian available. Because otherwise, if you're the only one who could save the behemoth, so our setting has to be when there's another doctor available. So that must be true for Rufus and Efesh as well. It means that I could do Rufus and Efesh. I could, I could attend to him even if there are other doctors around. And this is exactly what... <clears throat> we thought was an impossibility for Moshe Feinstein because for Moshe Feinstein, if there are other doctors that could do it, you shouldn't be doing it. But says the Ran, in this context of Nadarim, we'll see how far we can expand it. In the context of Nadarim, you can, you can actually, even though you were mother enough from this guy, you could give him refuah and nefesh, even though there's another guy that could do it and you could have avoided it. Why? 
because of a very important principle. Lo mina hakol zochim erafos. You're not going to always get a refuah from every possible doctor. There are times when it's a very specific doctor. And this principle is so strong that a, spe- a specific doctor is, is, is the one enough to say that, you know, d- ignore the other doctors, but you got to go with him. The Shulchan Aruch quotes this halacha in the setting of Shvichas Dam. He says that you are, it's now that there's Rishos for Rofe Lerafos, right? Now it's a mitzvah. And in fact, it's a chiyub. And if you don't do it when you're called to do it, you're a shofech damin. Why? Quotes this principle, lo minakol zochim l'rafos. So that's a very strong principle. The question is, how far does it go? How far does it go that you are the chosen one? Now, by the way, we don't have time to go into this, but I'm, I'm always fascinated by the yisodos of halachas like this. What exactly is this? Is this a metaphysical thing? Like, is it apikabalah? You know, there's something in the uh, otherworldly about it, or is it a pragmatic thing? So yesh v'yesh, it's a very interesting discussion. I recommend that as well, but not for now. We want to stick to Lach Lamaisa. So Lach Lamaisa, how far can I take this principle? So it's a major discussion in, in the contemporary postscript. How far you can take it? Because can you be matir multiple yisurim? For example, I'll give you a five contexts where it comes up. Very Lach Lamaisa Shilohs. Let's say a Kohen is not allowed to be in a room with a Gosis. Right? It's Usr. Even though it's, they're not dead yet, but we all know that's uh, still Usr for it to even be with a Gosis. But what about this principle? Could this principle override the Isr for the Kohen to be with a Gosis? Second, Shiloh. What about Ishtonida? Ishtonida. But I can't touch her. But what if I'm the doctor? I am the chosen one. What about if Lo'alenu, somebody's sitting Shiva? If you're sitting shiva, you're not allowed to go out and work and do things. But what if I'm the chosen one? All of these are real chuvos, shilas and chuvos that come up. What does it all revolve around? Oh, another one, it's a son treating a parent. Can a son treat a parent? So you're not allowed to treat a parent. You might make them bleed. That's a chavala. That's a shogeg, chiv misa type of era, right? Famous sugya in Sanhedrin. So it's usher for a child to treat their parent. But what about if they're the chosen one? Can this principle be so strong? And ultimately, can it override Rav Moshe's concern with Chilul Shabbos? That's what we want to know. Can I be on call for my patients because I'm the chosen one for them? So the, there's a, the sugya is worked out uh, in Nadarim by this Ram. It's brought lehalacha in Nadarim in, in Yerdea. It then is brought in a Pischei Tshuva in other contexts by the Goses and the Kohen. And then all the contemporary post can get involved. So I'll tell you who's on what side. So the Rav Vosner in Shevet Alevi was asked, can a Kohen become a member of Hatzalah? So this is a very important Tshuva for two reasons, right? What's the obvious concern? Oh, sooner or later, there's going to be a Goses out there who's being called by the Hatzalah. Is it okay for him to become a member of Hatzalah? So Number one, Ravosna, who's going to be very machmir on our shara, was Mekil, he said, yes, he could become a member of Atzala. Why that's important is because that's, again, the removal. It's why I think Rav Shechter was joking with me when he told me not to become a doctor, because it, it's so far removed from the potential Chilul Shabbos. Just like Ravosna says, his, him being with the Gosses is so far removed. 
be part of Hatzalah, and then we'll go case by case and, and decide whether you could be on that call that might involve a gosis, where he's machmir. And he comes out and he says, when it comes to this principle of lo mikoladam zochel rafos, that's limited to nadari. Don't start expanding it to anywhere else. And uh, Ravel Yashiv is quoted as having a similar psak. And the other one who feels very strongly about this way is Rav Shechter. Rav Shechter also in Nikvei quotes this to get by our issue. He quotes the Zachasim Sofer as the one who comes out the Chumra in the case of the Goses and the Kohen. And that's what Pashat Pshat is uh, for Rav Shechter as well. He says he thinks that's the Svar and the Chona. And that's one Mahalach. However, we're interested in Rav Moshe Feinstein. What does he say? Because he's the one I'm looking for a means of justifying being on call on Shabbos. So he g- goes the other way. And he says <clears throat> that that as long as it's my private patients or I'm the person on service and I'm the one that they have designated as the doctor to be called, then I could use this principle of lo minakol zochin arafos to allow me to not be worried about the Duchuya issue, right? A little complicated, but, but not so complicated, right? Normally, Rav Moshe says, you cannot put yourself in a position of being Machal Shabbos, even B'makom, Heter, Pikuach, Nefesh. However, you can do it if you're the chosen one, right? So the chosen one is, again, your private patients, people who know you, people in your neighborhood. Here's where it's a real halach of a problem. Rav Moshe writes, I shouldn't be listed. No one should know where I live. I should not let people on to the fact that I'm a doctor. But Maisim B'chayom, and I lived in Tina. Mamish Maisim Bechol Shabbos. People came to my house for some nice Chilul Shabbos. <laughs> no, they came with medical problems. So, you know, what am I supposed to do? Like some, some doctors like say, don't come in. So first of all, Rav Shlomo Zalman would certainly not say that. But even Rav Moshe would say that in a certain sense, I Lomi Adam, if they chose me to be the one that they came to specifically, then you can enact this principle. And under those conditions, even he would agree. The, the Tzitz Eliezer also felt very strongly and uh, he, 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 he worked very much off the fact that Shulchan Aruch says you're a Shofech Domin. If you don't come in and, and it must be that we could certainly broaden out this principle beyond Nadar. But in Ikve again, Rav Shechter himself does not agree. Um, Rav Moshe Feinstein does. So in summarizing part one, we're done with part one of everything we're going to do. There's three parts that I plan to do today. Uh, we have 35 minutes to do the other two, but they are much shorter. Um, and what we've gotten out of it is a number of cases, which I won't repeat. General principles is when it comes to Pikuch Nevesh, that is not Petorus Vadai, but likely, even very likely to happen. Rav Somozaman has the general attitude that go for it, it's okay. It's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah rabba, it's a mitzvah gedola. Rav Moshe Feinstein says it's the chuyah, so you have to try to avoid it. The only exception would be this principle of Lomikol Adam Zochen Rafos that allows you, if it's your private patients or you're the person on call or you're the person picked by the Chola, to then not worry about this Tukhuya issue. Any questions on part one? Yes, yeah, one, there's one question. I think you already addressed this, but according to Rav Shlomo Zalman, and if it's not Hatra and it's Tukhuya, then what are, what are the ramifications of? So I kind of addressed it, but didn't address it. What I mean by that is, I wonder that myself. 
he 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 holds it's tchuya. Rove Rove of Rishonim called it tchuya. The Achronim believe it's tchuya, but it's like a tchuya that's hutra. It's like masquerading as tchuya. Rav Moshe has an afkamina. What Rav Shlomo Zalman's afkamina would probably be, if I had to guess, he doesn't spell it out, but I would have to guess it would be the the fact that it's a amidas um, chasidus. To, to do things the other way. And a hutra would, might not even be a Midas Chasidus. Although Hakal Hakal might still even take the hutra sheet to that way. And if you're interested, Rav Asher Weiss has a whole piece on this, where he's going to pains to try to uh, come to a conclusion on exactly this issue. But it's very hypothetical. I'd, I'd love to learn it with you. But um, I don't have a good answer that's certainly quick on that issue. Because it's it's the the accepted psaq the maskana is it's the chuyah. that is the 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 final maskana on that machlokas. All right, now the thing that is going to complicate matters are two things, parts two and three, and each of them is going to open up a whole very relevant discussion for many of the other issues as well. If you are going to be a doctor anywhere in the world, you're not only going to be probably treating Jews, especially here in the United States. The robe of your patients, unless you know you're working in Williamsburg or Borough Park exclusively, and even there, maybe not, is going to be non-benebris. That's going to change the dynamic of our discussion, and we'll have to understand why. And we're gonna we need first and foremost to know treating a non-Jew as a doctor. What's the status of that? Is it a mitzvah, neutral, or usher? What is it? And it's very important to know because if it's a mitzvah, it's going to have a very significant ramification beyond even Chil Shabbos per se. And uh, it's important to have this down. There's no way to pass in any of these shalas without having a very uh, solid understanding and shita lahalacha on the status of a non-Jew, legabe refua in general, and legabe specifically on Shabbos. So I'm going to do that right now. So the first shayla is, is there possibly an iser in rendering medical assistance to non-benebris? So if you go uh, straight through the Gemara, if you go to Avodazar, very famous sugya, you're not allowed, Meyaledes is not allowed to be molide anako. And you're not allowed to treat, you're not allowed to sustain and, and give life to and sustain life of an aku. That's the famous Gemara that gets into Eva, right? So the Gemara says, you're not allowed to, but there's another, there's another Brisa that says, for schar, you could do it. Here's one of those Gemaras that I always worry about, art scroll translation, and some uneducated person reading that line, you know, it's just ripe for anti-Semitism, right? Oh, you're not allowed to treat them, but if you do it for money, you could do it. It sounds like the most uh, egregious, uh, horrible kind of uh, trope from anti-Semite. But What's the real pshat? The real pshat is like this. Why can you do it for schar, but you can't do it for not schar? Because if you do it for schar, then you, you can't be mishtamit. You can't get out of, you can't deny them the refuah without offending them, without eva. So mishum eva, then b'schar you could do it. If it's not b'schar, you could just say, oh, well, I don't treat people for free. And then it's okay. Then the Gemara says, well, what about doing it on Shabbos? You can also treat on Shabbos. Um, so 
the Gemara says you could treat it on Shabbos. How, how could you do that? So what's the Gemara worried about? Where's the Eva? Where's the not Eva? So the, the Gemara says, well, you could just say you cannot treat on Shabbos, right? Why not? Because you could just say to them, I only treat people that are Shomer Shabbos on Shabbos, right? And by the way, in the times of the Gemara, that was an acceptable line, right? And the Gemara says, and therefore you could be Mishtamid from them that way. Tosfos on the daf says, whoa, what was the Havmi? That you could treat on Shabbos uh, a non-Jew, Mishum Eva. But wait a second. Eva could be Matir Daraisas. Delivering a baby is assuming is a Daraisa, right? It's like uh, Kotzer or something. You know, you could be Oker, Dover Migidulo is a, is a Tolda of Kotzer. Whatever it is, it's some kind of Daraisa. So Tosfos say, no, we're talking about a case where it's not Daraisa. It's only a Durabana. We'll come back to this. Eva is only a useful matir for Durabanans. And according to some Rishonim and Achronim, not even Durabanans, that the scenario of delivering the baby was not even innocent Durabanan, right? So putting that aside for the moment, the upshot of this Gemara is that an Akum, it's not only not a mitzvah to treat them, but it's Aser. It's Aser, all things being equal. Now, What's the uh, obvious explanation? Well, Nakum is an Oved of Zara. is a person who we don't want to be giving, sustaining life to and giving life to. It's anathema, right? So that's why it's us for us to do it. Only Mishum Eva and Allah Chalamaisa, this is true. Bismanenu, there are Oved of Zara, right? Even if you're not going to go with, the, say, a Catholic is an Oved of Zara, even if we're not going to go with that Shita, we're going to say um, Shituf like the Ramah, and therefore, you know, it's Avodah for us, but not Avodah for them. And Muslims are certainly not of the Avodah but other, others are, you know, Hindus, Buddhists, that type of thing, and they are patients that doctors take care of. So is it Asr to take care of them? The Matir is Eva. The Matir is Eva. That if we don't, that'll create a lot of enmity, right? That's the basic accepted uh, psalm. Okay, what about a ger toshav? So ger toshav, not only are you allowed to treat a ger toshav, but actually it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah according to the Ramban, right? Nuchayimach, right? That a ger is a ger toshav in the fullest sense, and we'll have to elaborate on what's a ger toshav. But a ger toshav, it's a mitzvah. The Rambam says that the Ramban says it. It is the maskana. It is a mitzvah to treat a ger dosha. What about being mechal Shabbos for them? So this, the Rambam says, black and white, absolutely not. It's a mitzvah to treat them, right? And, uh, you know, it's be, whether it be, you know, be something that uh, is the primary thing you should be doing as a doctor or not, it's another question, but it's definitely a mitzvah to, to save them, to to, to be mechaya them, to give them tzedakah, there's a whole list, right? But the Rambam says, usher to do that, usher to be mechal Shabbos for them, right? V'chai behem is related to a Yisrael, that's the Pashtas, but not to non-b'nei bris. The Ramban is a little more controversial. The Ramban has a hosafa to the Sefer Mitzvah, hosafa tesayin, to the Mitzvah Saseh that the, the Rambam left out, where he talks about a Gertosha, that it's a Mitzvah achiosam, to feed them and give them tzedakah, give them refuos, 
And then a very kind of ambiguous line about, and even to be Machal Shabbos to them, Mishum Nefesh. So many people learn it, Kipshuto, that it means, or Ger Toshav, you can actually be Machal Shabbos Machum Nefesh. And others say, no, that's not what he was talking about, a Ger Tzedek and a Yisrael, but uh, not a Ger Toshav in that part of that Ramban. You have to look at it yourself and then develop your own Shita. But at the end of the day, He's touted by many, the Ramban, as holding this, as holding that it's Mutafer Ger Toshav. Okay, so that's great. So Ger Toshav, it's a mitzvah to treat, but you can't do it on Shabbos. A Akum, it's an Isser to treat, but maybe you can do it. You certainly can't do it on Shabbos. What about the contemporary Bnei Bris? What, what about them? They're the ones we're interested in. Halacha Lamaisa. Then, you know, what if they're not an Akum? Most of them are not, right? And Akum is not only an Obed of Avodah but they're usually a horrible person. If you, if you read the Gemara's about Avodah of Zarah, <clears throat> what they're like, and you could even read, if you're into the Torah Manda, so you could even read Herodotus' histories, and he describes the typical Obed of Avodah Zarah, who was into Shvichas Damim, Arayos, and Avodah Zarah. Isn't everything, you know, horrible people? So you, you could feel understandable about why we're staying away from them and not... In in Moridim and in all sorts of halachas, but a Toshav is Zaymis is and a contemporary non-Jew is like a Toshav in every way, except that he's not a Toshav. And the the way someone becomes an official formal Toshav has you know two one or two requirements that everybody agrees on. One is that has to be bifnei shlosha. He has to declare his loyalty to the Zion Mrs. Noach in front of a basin of three Israelim. And two, the Rambam is Befeirish, it has to be Bismana Yovel. It has to be the time when we have a Yovel declared by the Sanhedrin. So neither of those things are happening. So it seems like we have a problem here for the contemporary non-Jew. It's not going to be a Gertoshav. What is he? What is he? So, and Legabi, these two things. I have two separate issues that are going to be very important. Is it a mitzvah, Shabbos aside, is it a mitzvah Bismanenu to treat a non-Bnebris, because there's going to be a nafkamina that's going to be very important for us. And two, can I be Mechal Shabbos for them? So on this, to really say you can be Mechal Shabbos straight up for a, a non-Akum, non-Bnebris, you need to make two leaps. Leap number one is you hold that they are credited like a Ger Toshav is my name. That's leap number one. And leap number two is you go like the Ramban against the Rambam and all the other Rishonim, which is, you know, rove, rove Rishonim, and not like this Ramban, are like the Rambam, that you cannot be Mechal Shabbos, even for a Ger Toshav, right? So that's the Pashtus and Rashi and the Pashtus and Tosos, the Pashtus all over the place, right? So you have to make those two leaps. So starting with that, does anyone make those two leaps? Any postkin? So this is uh, important information to know. Uh, number one, if you hold like this posig, it's Rav Nachum Rabinovich, very well-known posig for the Dati Lumi community in Eretz Yisrael, right? He has he has definitely a following there, uh, big Talmud Chacham, and you know uh, accepted Talmud Chacham, but um, not necessarily my posig, right? He makes the leap. <laughs> he takes two. He he said fundamentally you could be Machal Shabbos for a contemporary decent non-Bnei Bris. 
any okay so but i'm not let's say we're not holding like rabbinovich is there anyone else that i want to hear about so some very famous people close to the yu family and they are and, and it's funny you know the first one i'll mention is we'll start with him because he you know he's always being put on a desert island it's very interesting you know when when they have q and a's in gross so they used to always put Aaron on a desert island you know what i mean by that is they want to get his real answer like he's the most probably the most honest person walking the planet. So I thought you didn't need to put him on a desert island to ask him a Shiloh, but they always did. What? If you had only one safer, that was a good child. If you were on a desert island, you had only one safer, what would you pick? So what do you think he picked? Not related. Right, exactly. Then they put him on the, uh, the desert island. They asked him, and you're alone with the non-Bnei Brits. And in order to save his life, you have to be Mechal Shabbos. So would you do it? So... I never quite found out how he answered it, but his Talmidim and someone who's Mishamishim quotes verbatim that he said, fundamentally, he holds like this Ramban and the Me'iri, he throws in the Me'iri also, and Rav Aaron Soloveitchik. Rav Aaron Soloveitchik is another one. He didn't write a tshuva, but Rav Aaron Soloveitchik also promoted this concept. Now, so the, those two are people that some people might um, feel comfortable as their post him, and they, I'm just letting you know, it felt to make the double leap was okay. The only problem I had is when I read this source for those two, they threw in a third person. And here's where things broke down a little. Rav Yoshebeer Salavich was also quoted in this same um, edus as also holding the shita, which Rav Shechter often says exactly the opposite. Rav Shechter will often quote that the Rav did not hold from that type of hetter. He, quote, he says a very famous story when Rav Untuman came to Wayu. Rav Untuman read it during the Shahak affair. You might not know what that is, or you do know what it is. Shahak was a horrible Chilo Hashem, this guy Shahak, one of these very Chiloni anti-Dati Israelis, and he tried to really make from people look bad by saying that they weren't Mechal Shabbos to save the life of a, a non-Bnei Bres, and the whole, whole horrible thing happened. So Rav Untuman, during that time came to Wayu, and he gave a discussion of this issue, and he said, is the reason we could be Dorish that we're allowed to save the life of the Anjo. So the Rav, when he was told about it, Rav Shechter reports, said it's not true, it's fundamentally not true, and he went with the mainstream Shita. The mainstream Shita is not like these Gedolim, meaning not like Rav Aaron Salavich, not like Rav Aaron Luchtenstein, and not like Rav Nachon Arbanovich, Right? Oh, before I say the mainstream sheet, I want to say the other extreme. The other extreme, by the way, is the Chafutz Chaim, the Mishnaburah. If you look in the Mishnaburah, he maintains that it's absolutely usher, lemaisa, to be Mechal Shabbos for non He uses expressions, Hashem Yishmerenu, these doctors that are going and doing it. And there was a censor there, somebody had written originally that he's only talking about Akum, Hindu. It said in, in the Mishnaburah, if you have an old Mishnaburah, you could see it there. It says it's Shin Lamed. It says Hindu. But it's clearly he's not talking about Hindus because in the Bir Halacha, he lists Yishma'elim as one of the examples. You cannot be Machal Shabbos Bechlal, even Lachlamais. So that's a very difficult shita at the other extreme because Rov, Rov, Kimat, Kol Gedole, contemporary times, starting contemporary being the 20th century. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Yashav, Rosh Zalman, Rav Waldenberg, everybody, all hold that you can 
Lamaisa, even though fundamentally in principle you cannot be Machal Shabbos, unlike that Shita that we first mentioned, Lamaisa you can not Mishum Eva, but Mishum Super Eva or Mishum Pikuach Nefesh for the doctor himself and for Klai Yisrael. Because if it gets out that we're not being Machal Shabbos to save the life of an Ambe Bris, some Jew somewhere will unfortunately, Lo'aleinu, be killed by one of them. Now, I got to tell you, I remember when I was first uh, absorbing the impact of this hetu. So first of all, it means, and Rav Shlomo Zaman emphasizes this, even on a desert island, it means like you can never assume you're going to get away with it. You always must fully take care of every non even if you don't hold, you know, like the Western comfort of Rav Aaron Luchtenstein and Rav Aaron Salvechik, even if you hold the other way, you can never skip on this halacha. You always fully will treat everybody the same. You will always do whatever it takes to do for a Jew. You'll do for a Ananji. And um, you and it's bishum this sakana. And it, I, I have a nice story, but we don't have time for it. Where I really got driven home, I'll give you the abridged version of the story, where I understood the significance and the, and the brilliance of Chazal in formulating this, starting with the Chasim Sofer, the Divrei Chaim. They started the ball rolling on this issue. And, the, and Rav Moshe Feinstein says, he's a pella on the Chavetz Chaim that he wrote what he wrote. He could not understand the Chavetz Chaim because he says it's Mamish Safashos in Russia where he's living near to where the Chavetz Chaim was living. How could it be that they would ever take a chance on not being Matir this is? And it's because of Sokhanas Nefashos. It's a klali Sokhanas Nefashos. I once had a case where there was a patient of mine who needed a heart transplant to make a long story short. And the the transplant team are usually very eager and avid to come in and save the life of the patient. So they, they, they can't get there fast enough. So there was this patient who at first thought it was usher to get a transplant, long story. I convinced them that it was a mutter and that they should do it and list their, their son. They finally listed, I got rid of Feinstein, he's the one who convinced them. And I run to the transplant office to get them to take care of this. And I noticed they're not rushing like they usually do. I go, what's going on? The guy, he has 48 hours to live. Get going. And they said, well, you know, we heard that uh, Orthodox Jews don't donate. They, they gave me that. So I quickly took them to the Hodes website. And I showed them, look, look. <laughs> and that turned them around. But I said, wow, just this little subtle thing. And it brings us, you know, to, to the Halach Lamaisa is again, absolutely, absolutely, it is mutter. So in, in summarizing the three types of classifications of anam bris And akum, somebody who's mamish and akum, it's really usher to treat them even not on Shabbos. But mishum eva, we could do it. You certainly can't be mechal Shabbos, except for the issue we're talking about now applies to them as well. A actual gertoshav, and if you hold contemporary non-Jews are like a gertoshav, meaning a good Muslim who's like doing Zion, Mrs. Benoach, and or, you know, according to some shitas, a good uh person who believes in the Trinity, but maybe not, right? And Shitov, and they're also going to count as a Gertoshav if you believe that they could be credited like a Gertoshav, uh, like Rav Cook wanted to do in certain contexts, and like those other Gdolim, then you can mamish, uh, not only treat them, it's a mitzvah, but you could actually be Mahal Shabbos. That is a very minority Shita. I, I myself do not hold from that Shita, even though I consider... Rav Salvechik, Rav Aaron, my 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 uh, sort of role models in terms of how to view philosophy and machshaba and hashkafa, but nevertheless, 
I will accept it. And here's an important thing for next week, or not next week, for Thursday. It is a mitzvah. That much I'll go that far. That the Rambam and the Ramban were both before us that to treat a Gertoshev was a mitzvah. And these Gedolim obviously held it. And that I wouldn't be Machal Shabbos, but on that pretext, but I would view it as a mitzvah, which will have ramifications. Okay, so that's uh, our three categories. Now, the final category that is also very common is what about a non from Jew who's an Apikaris? What about an Apikaris? Am I allowed to be Machal Shabbos for an Apikaris? So it's interesting. The Pashtus is no. An Apikaris is like uh, an Akum. And, you know, Medina de Gemara could be that Maridim uh, Lomalin. You know, you, that's the din. The guy's an Apikaris. He's, he's like, you know, that's the halacha. So how could I be Machal Shabbos for them? So there are um, Achronim that actually learn this way, Prima Godim and others, but they're the minority on this issue. And it's clear that we don't pass in that. And we paskin, this is Rav Moshe Feinstein, and all the gedolim. There really isn't anyone who says that we should go to Chumrah, Legabe, uh, a non from Jew. And, and there are very interesting, worthwhile reasons to know why this is true. Chazonish. First is the Chazonish who says, number one, those halachos of, of Marid and Belamalin are meant for a different time. And Niskatnu Adoros, and we're not in a door that could treat Apikorsim that way. You know, there's not that kind of Amuna. And therefore, that's one reason to be making. Another reason, because he puts this halacha in with those. And another reason to be making on them is that Rambam by the Karayim, Rambam says, right? They're just following the minag of their forefathers. So don't, don't blame them. And then the Hasim Sofer has a beautiful uh, other matir. He says, there's no atheist in a foxhole. He didn't exactly use that expression, but that's what he's saying. He says, you know, Mistama, they hold the tshuva, right? And the Maram Shik quotes this Chasim Sofer, and they hold that we could assume any Jew who's in dire straits did tshuva, and he's not an Apikoros anymore. And finally, the Tzitzeliezer, the Mithlitzitzlach, and some others, they give another reason, which I always thought was not applicable. Mishum Eva Gadol. <laughs> in other words, uh, and this was remarkable to me, I figured, you know, when it comes to so I'm worried they're going to kill a Jew somewhere. But I have to worry about a non from Jew. So they felt, yes, they felt that if we don't, Machal Shabbos for a non from Jew, there's plenty of non from Jewish doctors out there. It could come back to haunt us and that they'll take it out on from Jews somewhere. So they, that for all those reasons, a non from Jew is included in the category. Now that's part two, end of part two. And all this is background for part three. Um, which I'm going to try to do in 10 minutes. I'm going to give you a very abbreviated because it's it's really where everything's headed. One of Rav Shechter's strongest arguments for why uh, it is muhrach to do a Shama Shabbos residency. Anyone going into medicine who cares about halacha will ask this Shiloh. I have gotten this Shiloh asked hundreds of times and I know many, and by many Rabbanim because they're not used to it. But there is this very famous issue that comes up to anyone who's becoming a doctor, they become a resident. And while there used to be quality residencies that gave off on Shabbos, there's almost none nowadays. Almost none. It's very, very hard. 
So everybody wants to know what should they do, and do they do they have to give up medicine? Do they have to give up um, a chosen particular career? What do they have to do? So um, one of the issues is now the fact that we're going to be treating benebris and non-benebris is the following. Before, when we were first discussing the chuya of Rav Moshe and that whole issue, we were talking about taking care of, let's say, a Yisroa. On Shabbos, am I allowed to put myself in a position where I'm going to be maybe mechalo Shabbos b'makom sakonis nefashos of the Jew. I'm not creating the Sakonis of Ashos. It happens on its own. And I, but I may, according to Ramosha, still have to avoid it. The fact that I'm going to be now treating non-Bene Bris based on the Heter we just talked about is a whole different child, a much more difficult child. I'm creating the Pikuach Nefesh myself. If I'm going to be coming in and treating non-Bene Bris, then I just put myself in Makom Sakana. And, or I created Sakana for Klai Yisrael. I'm creating the Sakana Stephanus. That opens up a new sugya, a very different sugya. And um, that's the sugya of Ein Mafligin Besfina, Pachos Mishosha Yamin, Kodem HaShabbos, but B'makom Mitzvah, it's Mutter. This is a very fascinating sugya, and, and it's worth uh, doing a little more carefully than in the seven minutes I have left. But I want to start it so that I get to do, I promise you after this last very involved sugya, we're going to do a lot of point-blank halacha issues on Thursday. But let me try and get this going so we could finish this in the very early part of Thursday. So the sugya is what I just said. There's a din in Gemara uh, in Shabbos and Dafya Test that says you're not allowed to go out uh, on a ship three days, you know, code the Shabbos. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you can't go. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you can go. Unless it's Bamako Mitzvah. Then even Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if it's Bamako Mitzvah, I can uh, go out in the boat. What's the problem? So, big sugya, six, seven different shitos, exactly what the problem is. We're concerned with maybe two or three, right? We're concerned with the shita that's accepted, that of the Rambam, the Rosh, and the Rif, which is, it's an issue of Onik Shabbos. Three, within three days, it takes three days to get used to the boat. So, you know, you're going to get uh, ruining your Onik Shabbos. However, Bamako Mitzvah, we don't worry about that. And if I'm far enough away, we don't worry about it. Rabbeinu Hanano says the issue is Tchumen. You're going to be over on the Tchum on Shabbos. You're going to go outside the Tchum. That one becomes a big problem. And the other Rishonim don't understand this, Rabbeinu Hanano, because, and it's Mutter to be over on Tchum if I go at the beginning of the week. And it's Mutter to be over on Tchum b'makom mitzvah. How could that be? That's why the Rif rejects Rabbeinu Hanano and says the thing about Onik. The most interesting shita, the shita that we're going to use most, the Baal Moor. The Baal Moor says, you know what the problem is? The problem is that if you go on a boat within three days of Shabbos, when you're responsible for having Shabbos in mind, right? Whatever is within three days of Shabbos, you have to have that Shabbos in mind. You're going to end up being Mechalo Shabbos, right? By you created Sakonis of for yourself by going on this boat. You created this situation of Sakanas Lavashos, and then you're going to use Sakanas Lavashos to be Mechal Shabbos. And that you're not allowed to do. That you're not allowed to do. But if you're at the beginning of the week, you can do it because then you're not responsible for having it in mind. Or B'makom Mitzvah, it's okay. 
So this uh, now is brought down the halacha and becomes very nogea to us. And this is one of Rav, uh, Rav Schechter's strong arguments uh, that uh, you must do a Shomer Shabbos residency and also some of those other inyanim that we spoke about already that you, you for example, if, if you're only going to have Anam B'nai Bris as a patient, and there are many, and this is a real problem because there are residencies that have hospitals that are like that. And if you do that, then there is no hetter for you to be putting yourself in a position of being machal, creating sakanas of Heshos and then being machal Shabbos. So, uh, and if that's the only reason you're involved as a doctor, meaning there's no single Yisroel that could be your excuse for being on. In other words, the reason you're on is just to treat non-Yisroel, non-Benebris. Then you have to somehow justify that. So that's why I was saying one of the reasons that maybe it's important to consider contemporary non-Benebris as a mitzvah to treat them. Because if it's a mitzvah to treat them, here's the nafkamina right here. Then it's okay. If it's not a mitzvah to treat them, back to square one. And I have a problem. Now, um, how do we paskin? And, and does this really come out? So yes. So, uh, and this is in the handout, which I'll, um, we have three minutes. And, I, and I, this is a very little bit of an intricacy here, which I think will go better if we can look at it inside together. So what I'm going to do is we'll stop. Um, and that's a little bit of the background. We're going to see, um, you can look at Shin, it's um, Shin Chavches, not Shin Chavches, where is it? Reish Memches. Reish Memches, Halacha Aleph, contrasted with Halacha Dalid and the Mishnah Brewers. Those are going to be very Halacha Lamaisa for us relevant. And tremendous nafkamina from this. Tremendous nafkamina. So we'll pick it up on Thursday with this sugya. And then what we're going to do after that, just so you realize, uh, the rest of this is going to be much more, again, directed. So we're going to do, right after we finish this issue, we're going to do return from Hatzalah. Then we're going to do all the very common issues that come up. So it's going to be traveling in. What's the best way to do that? This is a common Shiloh. How should I go in? Can I drive, taxi, Uber, uh, mass, you know, transit, train, bus? What about writing? What do I do about writing? Are computers different than writing? The Tzomet pen, what about that? We're going to talk about that. And the basic uh, categories of Cholan, the types of Yisurim that we're allowed to do. This is the thing, the bread and butter, which if you really want, you know, I, I stress this to the doctors, need to know this. They really need to know this stuff cold, but certainly Rabbanim do because they'll be getting the shadows from the doctors who don't know it cold enough and uh, they need a psa. So, Bezit Hashem, we'll, uh, we'll enter into all of that uh, on Thursday.